Mike Tomlin, that last 20 seconds was the most praiseworthy thing he's ever said about Mason Rudolph and the way he bailed out Tomlin and the Steelers by playing so well down the stretch and Tomlin uh, telling Tim Benz that, yeah, the hope of the franchise is to get Mason Rudolph back. But if you look at how Mike configured the quarterback depth chart at the beginning of the press conference, it would be as the backup to challenge Kenny Pickett. That would be the his initial read on quarterback. And Mason Rudolph can't come back here in that situation, right? Unless there's a lot of money spent on him relative to what his role would be, at least at the outset. And compared to what other teams would offer. If the Steelers paid him $30 million over three years, $10 million a year, I think it would be tough for a guy who's never seen big NFL money to turn that down. Unless think, that offer was on the table from another team, in which, which case I, guess I think he would jump at that. Somebody listed it and said, what about Minnesota? Uh, the person said Seattle. Geno Smith's still there. And they have, uh, what's his face? Drew Locke. Who won a playoff game. Or not a playoff game, a, a big game, game late in the year them, against yeah. Philly, yeah. Minnesota is one. Uh, there might be one or two other spots where he could land where he maybe he would be seen as superior to what that team has and they might not be planning to draft a quarterback just yet. I had a, a slight change, maybe a change, not a change, but a... um. A second thought come into my mind. We all listened to Mike at the, you know, together in the same room before the show today, and I thought he sounded like somebody who felt like he could get Mason Rudolph back. He was praising him legitimately for the first time probably ever and heaping it on him because you know what he did do. Mike loves next man up. Truly, nobody embodied that this year more than Mason Rudolph. You finally get tapped on the shoulder and basically told you're yeah. going in, and you actually ball out. Like Mike loves next man up. He he acted like it. Now. I thought at first he sounded like a guy who actually felt confident that they were going to get Mason back, that something in an exit interview made him feel good about that. Now I wonder this. He actually was sold and won over in many ways by Mason's play and that this was a public siren call to Mason. Hey, don't leave us out in the cold. Give us a real fair shot to keep you here. Almost like a sales pitch to him. But why, I wouldn't trust it because when he's been told about competition before, it was a I'm not lie. saying it's a winning sales pitch. I'm not saying it's one. The only thing, if you were Mason Rudolph, if you came back here knowing you were technically only competing for the starting spot and you might have your a uh, healthy dose of skepticism about that, the only thing, two things, it would be take a combo platter here to convince me to come back would be money I wasn't seeing anywhere else, which should be the most important thing, and maybe in the back of your mind the knowledge that because of what you did when they finally went to you, that they would have a quicker hook for Kenny Pickett knowing that you in the background had done well last year, that they might not extend Kenny the level of courtesy as far as number of games mm-hmm. if he isn't playing well. Yeah, still hinges on Pickett screwing up, which maybe Rudolph thinks will happen, and he's confident in his own abilities. Maybe he Tomlin, thinks his own teammates yeah, I, I, want him there. Yeah, well, we know do. Johnson does. You think Pickens does? I think he does. He yeah. just hasn't said it. I, I have a sl- well, but if Tomlin really felt that like Rudolph was the better quarterback, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have endorsed Pickett as strongly as he did today. You don't think teams he, do that for first round? No, picks? I think I think he would have found a more vague or ambiguous way to talk about Pickett's future with the team. Don't you think he at least hedged a little bit by saying there'll be competition? We all no, now we all I don't. I'll answer because, that straight up. Because no. you think that his competition promises in the past are so hollow that they affect that statement. And he said that the starting quarterback's on the roster. And technically, Mason isn't. Yes, I mean, I, I think that to me, it reminds me of to use a real life analogy. It's like if there's a if there if there's a lawyer at a at a firm 
who wants to go off on their own and the partner at the firm is like, hey, good luck with that. You know, like you did well for us. We put you through college or law school or whatever. You did great work. You're not obviously rising the ladder here to be our next partner. So go go do what you can on your own. Like we'll give you a little pat on the back and slap on the fanny for a job well done. But you'll go see what it's let's see how you handle life outside of here and see if you can have that kind of success with us. Like I don't I think he's stuck in limbo here. They, they like the job he did. They don't like him enough to make him their actual starting quarterback. And I still do think deep down Tomlin knows that if he had to commit to Mason Rudolph as his starting quarterback full-time, it would not go well. He liked what he did in bursts at the end of the year, but he doesn't think it's built to last. I also think, it's just my opinion, the next offensive coordinator is going to have some say who the second quarterback is. And it's clear that the next offensive coordinator is going to be asked... No. Do you like Kenny Pickett enough to want this job? Yeah, and don't you think, and we've seen this happen, usually it's with a head coach who is going to call the plays. They bring someone someone in who has experience or a history with that coach. Like, look at Gardner Minshew in Indianapolis, for example. He wasn't brought in to start over Anthony Richardson, but he knew the offense from Philadelphia. And, hey, we're installing a whole new system. It's not a continuation of what Randy Fichter passed down to Matt Canada, what was his own and made his own, and... What these, you know, guys like Fichtner and... Or not so who's Fichtner. a guy who's connected to like a Jay Gruden? Because we know that Mike wants somebody outside the organization who's been an OC before. Jay Gruden's a name. Well, like someone who, I guess like someone who maybe played in McVay's offense or something like that. Because it's all an offshoot of what... What's Blake Bortles doing these days? I, I, but do, do you know no, what I... No, I understand. Usually you, you bring back, in a guy that you're comfortable with that if you have to pull the emergency cord and yep, go to him, you know that there's a that, certain level of comfort. That way, everyone on the roster isn't learning and starting from ground it, it zero. It also allows you to focus solely on the starter that you're trying to rehabilitate because you know you can basically ignore the backup yeah, because you trust they already him. know. They're, in they're his a 30s. second coach. He knows the offense like the back of his... Exactly. He's like a second coach. That's my, that's my guess on... When Tomlin said it's an external candidate... Is a guy like... But you also said yesterday, I think correctly, that most teams try to make their backup similar in style to their starter. What guy that might be like in his 30s really has, quote-unquote, some mobility the way they believe Pickett does? You know what I mean? If you're starting to get into the upper age, you know, quartile, whatever you want to call it, tier, most of those guys are slowing down as far as their physical attributes. Sure. I just didn't. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a name off the top of my head. I just have a hard time connecting dots that because Tomlin said nice things about Mason and said that they'd like to bring him back. I don't think it's anywhere close to fate accompli that he is. In Brings fact, Ken I, Dorsey in, in as the OC and they keep Mitch. In fact, I still, oh God. In fact, I still think it's less than 50% Rudolph's on the roster. Because the other thing, Chris, is now you start the year and there's a controversy and it's it's going to hang over the team from the very it's second a, they get to OTAs. It's a remarkable show of faith. I, remarkable might not be the right word. It's one hell of a show of faith in Kenny Pickett that the coach knows his wide receiver, one of his wide receivers, openly admitted, I want Mason to win the job, I le- saying, I like him better than the other guy. I think he's better. And his response was, well, we love competition. It sharpens people. And we might not even bring back the guy you want. Like, if you're Deontay Johnson, not that I'm necessarily sure Deontay is this much of a canny operator with these things. If they don't bring back Mason, wouldn't you be inclined to say, trade me? Like, I just want to go somewhere else. I was I was one of your more consistent receivers over the year. I told you publicly I thought this guy was the best at the position. 
you didn't even bring him back? I think he could absolutely do that. Claypool did that and got what he wanted. Not that he's done anything with it. The guy sucked. But that's that's a practice or that's a method that's worked. Do you think Tomlin despises Johnson, though? Because we know he hated Claypool. I don't think, I, I don't think he hates Johnson. He played him after the guy quit on a play. On I think he knows Johnson's year. a much better player than Claypool will ever be. Tomlin gave this answer on how he feels about Kenny right now. I'm extremely confident in him. I feel stronger about some of the intangible things than I did, obviously, when we first started doing business with him because I have evidence of it. He's highly competitive and professional. He doesn't run from challenges. He runs to challenges. I think that's evident in the way he plays, particularly at the end of close football games. He's got good framework to work with and for a young guy. He's mature beyond his years. I'm excited about I mean, him. maybe it's just lip service, but if you take Tomlin at his word, doesn't it sound like he's saying regarding the way the season ended for Pickett, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. He had to go through this, the humiliation of getting benched, and the way he handled that or, or, or went through that makes me feel even better about him moving forward. That's how I take that answer. I do. Uh, yeah, I think I do too. I find it also notable that he just continued to harp on the intangibles with him. That, that it was, look at the way he carries himself, look at how much of a professional he is, look at how he responds to adversity. We love all of those things. Just always about the stuff that can't be measured. Which is because the things that can be measured do not reflect well on Kenny. And more about the fourth quarter success. He loves circling back to that. Those other three quarters, football doesn't even get played until there's only 15 Well, He got left. into a little bit of a scuffle with a reporter over that. When he brought up bad three quarters and he said, all right, now do the fourth quarter. I know. More on Tomlin, uh, more, more from Tomlin, how Kenny uh, handled getting benched. It certainly was difficult. Um, I was really impressed with the way he handled it. He was really professional and supportive of Mason. He was a great teammate, but no question that was difficult. And he's a competitor. He runs to it, not away from it. You know, certainly, I know he wanted that experience. Those big divisional games down the stretch and things of that nature. He's wired in that way. I don't, I, you know what? I don't like the focus on how well he handled it because he's a team captain who didn't talk. I don't know. Like, that matters to me. You designated the guy a captain. You made him out to be one of your team's leaders. The year did not go like he well, or you wanted. What, Is not leader-like behavior facing the music and answering questions? Whatever happened before the Seattle game, Tomlin's at least put it in the rearview mirror enough where he can talk complimentary about I, how I know, but it. something just happened this week where the guy skated, and I know uh, yesterday we heard that Pouncey didn't talk once, but nobody questioned Pouncey's bona fides as like a leader in that locker room, and he was also a guy who was a very good football player. I'm just surprised that there was so much praise after something that was such an unusual move by Pickett that every beat reporter that covers that team said was unusual. Tomlin on this being massive for Kenny Pickett. What's next? It's a big year for him. Uh, we met this morning. We acknowledge that. It is a huge year for him. But I'm also excited about just watching him wear that component of it because I just, I know how he's wired and built um, and I'm excited about watching him attack it. Donnie, hearing answers like that, what percentage would you put on Pickett being their week one starting quarterback? 75 to 80. I put it at 100, unless he gets hurt. Yeah, what's the 25%? What do you leave? Like, Rudolph beats him out, comes back, beats him out in training camp in the preseason? Non-injury non part of it. Say, Take injury out of the equation that that's not possible. Oh, I'd put it at, yeah, like 99 then. Yeah. Okay, so it's just injury. I, I hear there, and that answer, I didn't. it didn't click for me when I heard it live. He, I think he just believes in his heart of hearts that Kenny's going to prove everybody wrong and prove him right. 
Well, don't you think it's hard? Because that was after- a res- that was a response to when do the tangible things. I think Mike DeFabo asked it, and Mike asked a few very good questions today. To his credit, yes, he did. Um, I think that that was a response to Mike basically saying, "But yeah, when does the tangible come into play?" And that was how he answered the question. You can hear it in his voice there. There is an expectation that he thinks Pickett's going to come back, new coordinator. He doesn't want to give up the work on a guy. In and kick ass. He doesn't want to give up on a guy that he drafted two years ago. Well, he's the holdover from the group of people that drafted him. The owner doesn't have to answer for direct players. Kevin Colbert's long gone. He's in the rearview mirror. But I think you bring up Rooney. I think Pickett still has two, the most two, the two most influential backers in the organization. I think Rooney wants him to have another shot, and I think Tomlin's. More than okay with that. I just think there's an interesting... Clearly, from the way he sounded today. There's a clear juxtaposition in how the coach talks about the starter, his named starter, and how many of the replacements' teammates talked about the way the offense came together under the replacement.